Hello, everybody. This is Coach Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast. Today, I've got a few topics that I'm going to cover. Um, and uh, next week, I'm excited. Um, I'm going to be recording with a friend, uh, Tara Jordan. Tara is just a great soul. And um, she just um, ran um, the Cruel Jewel 100, um, where she was top three in the women. Just incredible. An awesome finish. I'm very proud of her. I've watched her grow as a runner. I've watched her kids grow as runners. Um, I coach her daughter in middle school right now. Um, I did a healthy kids running series, and they were a huge part of that. Um, they have three kids, Tara and her husband, Jonathan. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to our conversation. And um, Tara has her own podcast, um, Finding Vert. Uh, you can find that on your favorite listening platform and give it a listen. She's had some great guests. Um, I may be a little bit more touched because personally I know most of the guests. Um, but uh, she's a great interviewer and uh, really enjoying listening to uh to her podcast it is very new um, but she's she's a great interviewer so uh so check that out and like i said next week we'll be talking with with tara about her experience at cruel jewel as well as at hellbender she uh she placed top three at hellbender last year uh so very cool so excited for that conversation excited to uh to bring that to you all next week but uh for this week uh, as I said, it's got a number of topics and kind of some things that, uh, as I was you know, debating what to, uh, to go over, um, you know, I had a few things kind of pop up and, uh, figured I'd just kind of expound on a few things that, uh, uh, you know, that either I've been listening to or reading, uh, just to share with you. Um, cause it's, it's great to, you know, to constantly, um, you know, see what our community is doing, what it's putting out there. So, um, I hope you're doing the same. And if you have something that's, uh, you know, caught your eye, please share it with me. Um, I, I love reading different articles and, and listening to different podcasts and hearing different perspectives, especially on, you know, our sport. It doesn't necessarily have to be on our sport, of course, but, um, it, this, these will pertain, uh, in some regard to our sport. And the first topic, um, I listened to two books recently. Um, I, I enjoy listening to audiobooks or podcasts on my run. Uh, I tend to be able to be a little bit more contemplative and attentive, and uh, and focus my energy not only you know while I'm running, um, obviously on my running, but um, you know I, I can kind of zone out, um, almost get into a flow state by by listening to books. Um, I kind of forget about the moment and just kind of get engulfed in the book or the podcast. And the two that I've listened to uh, most recently, um, and I know I'm going to get some eye rolls and some groans <laughs> when I say it, but, um, you know, again, I try to keep an open mind and, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about the difference in, in these two authors and myself. So, um, you know, saying these two books, I'm quite the contrary to both of them, but I try to learn something from everything. And uh, I, I took some things away from these two books. And the first um, that I listened to was David Goggins' Never Finished. Um, I know, you know, you love or hate him. <laughs> um, there doesn't seem to be an in-between on David Goggins. Um, I've got no personal opinion on David. I think he's done some amazing things. 
um, I was at Badwater um, with, you know, crewing and pacing a friend when David was there and racing. Um, he dropped out that year. It was, uh, I, don't, I don't know what was going on. Um, I don't want to speculate. But, um, but yeah, um, I listened to his first book um, um, and, you know, now listening to Never Finished. Uh, you know, some good takeaways uh, and some things that, I, you know, I did relate to. Um, you know, um, you know, David's lived a hard life. Uh, I, and I have not, <laughs> so I could not relate in that regard. Um, but some of the things that he does mentally is what I could attach myself to and relate to, um, <clears throat> some of the strategies that he uses. That's what this book is about is, uh, you know, creating mental, uh, strategies to help you in your physical endeavors, um, just making yourself mentally stronger. Uh, and, you know, and kind of sticking to it, being consecutive, um, being consistent, you know, it's, it's, that's, that's the big point of, of running, you know, um, everybody is always looking for the silver bullet, but the, you know, the true magic is in the training and being consistent in your training. That is truly the, the magic of running is, you know, finding your consistency where you're comfortable or just slightly beyond your comfort level in training. And, and being consistent in training. So, um, you know, David Goggins' book, Never Finished, it was, um, you know, it was, like I said, um, some good stuff in there. Uh, the second book was Cameron Haynes and his book, Endure. Um, one of my runners uh, had said that, you know, he listened to it um, and <laughs> he said it, it, he honestly wasn't too impressed. Um, uh, you know, the Cameron, uh, obviously, just like David, you know, very much in the same camp, um, you know, very, uh, very regimented, very always push, always thrive, you know, constantly hammer. Um, so, uh, you know, it's it's hard when uh, some of us listen to, to these books uh, because we're not in that same mentality. And, you know, and that's okay. Like I am, I am not <laughs> in the Cameron Haynes and David Goggins constantly hammer, constantly, you know, striving to, uh, to kind of find a, uh, um, an edge or a threshold, which, you know, just is my limit. Like I'm not out there trying to find my limit. Um, you know, that's not the reason I run that's theirs and that's fine. Like I said, um, you know, I'm okay with going out and going for a run or going to a race and, and just being there for the sheer enjoyment and experience of it. Um, I think that gets lost on us sometimes, you know, the, the actual, just being a part of an event and enjoying the moment, you know, enjoying the fact that you're there and taking in the event for what it is, uh, the experience and, um, you know, the, the miles. Yeah, of course there is a, a component where, yeah, we have to be able to, to kind of push through physical discomfort, you know, physical challenges, mental challenges. That's all part of the sport, of course, but it's, you know, if that's the sole thing that drives us, uh, you know, it, it's, you need a little bit of both, I would say. Um, because if you just have one, it's just not enough sometimes, you know, um, it's, it's, um, being able to, to know that there's enjoyment in it. That's, I think that's a huge part of our sport and what can, what can give you more success is truly enjoying the sport. So, um, you know, they, they constantly, 
they're thinking about what athletes are doing. Are they training harder than them? I, you know, I, again, these are things I don't do. I, you know, I, I, I don't follow people on Strava to see what they're doing and compare to what I'm doing. You know, I, I'm, I just, I use Strava to kind of stay in touch with other runners and, and say, Hey, good job. Like give them kudos. You know, it's, it's cool to see people out doing, you know, tough things. Um, but you know, um, yeah, I may, you know, ask some questions of, of some athletes of, you know, what they're up to, what they're doing. Um, you know, what was the point behind a certain workout, that kind of stuff. But it's, you know, I'm, I'm not following them to, to, um, gain, um, you know, uh, data on my competitors or anything like that, or see if they're training harder than me, uh, you know, and, and I don't follow professional athletes. I, I really don't have any interest in that because they're doing things that I can't do anymore, nor do I <laughs> care to do. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's fine if, if you do, it's not a, nothing wrong with following the professional athletes and seeing what they do, but just remember, you know, running is very individualistic and, you know, we're, we can't hold ourselves to the standard that a lot of the professionals do. We can't cover those miles and do the amount of, uh, of weekly mileage and workouts that they do. Um, you know, if, if you're taking what they do and toning it down, workouts, um, volume, et cetera, that's good. But, you know, keep in mind, it, it's really based on you and what you can accomplish and how much you can do and how you're feeling. How are you responding to training? You know, again, like I had the conversation last week, I had to say to my coach, I'm just not responding to the training. I'm, you know, I'm just getting too tired. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about that in, in just a moment. Uh, you know, I'm going to give you guys a training update and kind of where I'm at, what's been going on and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it's, well, maybe we'll just do that now. <laughs> I had that as my fourth bullet point, but it's a, it's a transition we can make right now. So, um, I talked about last week, I had an incident in this, um, run I did on May 7th, but I didn't explain the incident. Um, it's kind of embarrassing. Um, but it happens. And, you know, again, uh, this, this podcast is about truth and, and, you know, um, finding our truth in training, being our best selves and finding our best selves in our training. So, um, on May 7th, I did a 25 mile run. Um, you can see it on Strava. Uh, it was just under 8,400 feet of gain. Uh, I started at the, uh, the French broad river and I ran, um, the shut in trail, um, all the way up and I bagged a few extra peaks. Um, those being grassy knob and cold knob, um, on my way up. Um, there is a spur trail off of uh the elk pasture section the the section of the mountains to see that's between 151 and the pisca parking lot um and it it goes down um down into the valley so i had never run that and uh that's the section of mountains to see that i maintained so i kind of wanted to see you know where it went what it did so i dropped down and down and down and down and down <laughs> and it's it was about a three mile descent and i was like wow uh, that was that's quite a drop so obviously i had to go back up so um climbing back up and, and at this run i actually i listened to the entirety of the david goggins book so david goggins is you know in my ear <laughs> so listening to that and 
climb it back up and, you know, get back onto shut in and, and continue my climb, uh, into the Pisgah parking lot. And my, um, I was supposed to meet my family and go up Mount Pisgah with them, but they had already, um, gone up and, uh, uh, ahead of me. So I climbed up and, uh, on my way up, I saw them and they were coming back down. So I kind of felt a little bit rushed, um, to, you know, to kind of put in perspective where I was mentally because they were already going back to the parking lot. And I was like, oh man. So, um, you know, I summited, there was nobody on the summit and took a quick picture and I was on my return trip down. And if you know, Mount Pisgah here in Western North Carolina, it can be a pretty busy trail. A lot of people, it's, it's very accessible. It's a beautiful view up top. Um, and if it's a nice day, you know, a lot of people do that hike. So I was coming back down and, and trying to avoid others and not get in their way or, you know, interrupt their, their experience. But, um, the trail coming down has a number of stone steps and I caught a toe and I went flying, flying through the air over stone steps and I'm coming down and, uh, I know I'm going to hit some stone steps and, uh, I came down, you know, hands first, my hands hit. And in that split second, I said to myself, Oh, thank God I didn't hit my face. You know, a second later, I smashed my cheek into the rock and, uh, shook me up. Yep. Obviously, um, you know, I, I had some cuts on my shins and my knees and my hands hurt. Um, I'd scrape my face. <laughs> I got up and, you know, two people were right there and they're like, are you okay? And I said, I think so. You know, I just kind of sat there for a second trying to collect myself. They moved on <laughs> and, uh, I got up and kind of dust myself off, check myself, make sure nothing was extremely painful. Still had a lot of endorphins rushing through me since I had just fallen. Um, but I got back up, dust myself off and, and continued my, my run you know, back down to the, the parking area. And when I finished and stopped, my hands started to throb. And uh, my wife was worried that I had broken my thumb. Um, and uh, yeah, my cheek was, was pretty sore too. So, um, you know, we, uh, we, we ended up at the urgent care getting some x-rays. And uh, thankfully, everything turned out negative. Um, and uh, we, uh, we were, I was grateful for that, obviously. But Oh, what a what a way to end the the run! I only had about a mile of the run left, and uh, that was um, that was the result. But I finished the run. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, it's just to say that you know it's you never know. You you take your mind off the trail for a second, and there you are, <laughs> laying flat on your face, wondering what just happened. Um, but you know, to continue on, it was, that was, like I said, that was, a, it was a good 25 mile run. Uh, well, 24 miles up into that point. I did, you know, obviously jog it in, but, uh, being a 25 mile run, uh, it was good, but it, it definitely, um, left me pretty tired. I was pretty fatigued. Um, that was, a the second week that I was up in the high eighties. Uh, I was just under 90 miles for, for those two weeks. Plus we were doing some, um, some quality sessions, some workouts. Uh, so it just left me super fatigued that week. And that's when I had the conversation with my coach. I was like, dude, like I can't, I can't work out like this. any, you know, like if I'm doing this kind of volume, I can't do both. I can't do quality sessions and volume. It's just, I'm not recovering, you know, and, um, just, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just 45 years old. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, we took some recovery time, just some easy running, uh, day off as well. And, 
um, on May twelfth, um, um, he had planned out to do two twenty mile runs uh, that that following weekend. Um, so um, I kind of like the way he does it. Uh, he, if you listen to my podcast with Patrick Reagan um, about training camp weekends, we kind of talked about you know, not doing back-to-back sessions because it just creates a lot more fatigue, but rather do a Friday, Sunday session with a recovery day in between. So that's what we did. Um, I did 20 on Friday, uh, had a recovery day on Saturday, just, you know, uh, some nice easy jogging. And then Sunday I got in 22. Um, so, uh, I was very glad, you know, I felt okay. Uh, I felt much better. Um, you know, covering those two. Did I have to do them? No, but you know, with the recovery time that week, like lowering the mileage for a little bit, uh, I was, I still got in the seventies that week, I believe. Um, but, um, got those in and then, um, the next big effort would have been the following weekend. So the 22 miler was on, um, May 14th and on May 21st, I did a 30 miler. Um, that was this past weekend. And the 30 miler, uh, is for those of you that know, I used to put on a 50 K, um, from my house, um, just kind of a, a get together run, you know, a fat ass run, if you will. Um, and we run out to pink beds and back and it's roughly, you know, about 50 K. Um, so I, I chose to do that route. It's not a ton of elevation gain. Um, you know, just some good up and down. Um, I think there was just over 3000 feet of gain on this one, if I'm remembering correctly, but anyway, um, just wanted to go nice and easy. And, um, my goal was to stay between 10 and 11 minute pace. I ended up at, I think at 1027 average mile, which is perfect. That's exactly what I wanted. Uh, I didn't want to feel like I had to, you know, recover a ton from, from this run. So, um, the, you know, the point was to come off it feeling okay. So that's why I tried to keep it nice and slow and easy. And it worked. Uh, the next day, uh, I did a six-mile run. I tried to keep my heart rate in, like, high zone one, low zone two. And I was running 1030 pace. So, you know, my legs felt great. I wasn't sore or tired. Um, so it, it worked out well. Um, but uh, since then, uh, you know, I did the six-mile run on um, – on Monday, I did a 12-mile run on Tuesday, and today I'm recording. It's Wednesday. I did a 15-mile run, um, and you know I, I've been doing some steady climbs just out and back. So steady climb, and then you know turn around and just get a good descent. And it's been interesting because um, at the end of the runs recently, like my legs just feel like snappy, poppy, um, fresh if you will. So, um, so like yesterday's 12 mile run, I was, you know, down at eight fifteen pace finishing up the run. Um, today I was a little bit, um, more tired. I, I woke up early. Uh, I don't think I got enough sleep last night. Um, woke up early to get some work done. So, um, but I was still, you know, just above like nine, nine fifteen pace coming in. So, uh, I think I was a little bit dehydrated today too. If I'm honest with myself, I only had one bottle on me. I forgot my, uh, my water filter, which left me with, uh, with a lot of the run without water, unfortunately. So I think I got a little bit dehydrated. Um, cause I, I kind of felt that when I got home, I'm okay now been rehydrating all day and, and, you know, back to it. I'm trying to run 
more in the the midday uh temperatures here really haven't gotten too hot we've been kind of staying you know 70s like low 70s as our high so um trying to get into you know trying to run when it's the you know hottest part of the day just so i get some kind of hotter exposure rather than running in the cooler 50 or 60 degree temps that are you know the typical morning temperatures um but because of that I've been doing sauna training. I uh, reintroduced sauna training. I've been doing sauna training for about two weeks now. Um, I have access to a wet sauna. And, um, you know, the, like the other part of this, um, is that, um, you know, sauna training can leave you a little bit more fatigued. It is a lot of stress on the body, depending on how long you stay in there for a wet sauna. You can't really stay in there for, um, as long as you can a dry sauna just because of the, the humidity. So, um, you know, a 20 minute session for me is about the extent of what I can do. It's, you know, it, and it, it's tiring. Uh, the day before my 30 miler, I did a 20 minute session in the, the sauna. So I felt a little bit tired, you know, um, and, it's, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not fatiguing myself too much. So I'm trying to be very careful. Obviously today with being dehydrated, I was going to go to the sauna this afternoon, but decided against it just because, you know, I I think my body had enough stress today with the 15 miler and, um, you know, the, the bit of, uh, dehydration that I felt. So, so yeah, um, uh, you know, I know, um, Coop on his, uh, podcast talks about getting in there like, you know, super often, um, I, I'm, I'm right now I'm about every other day and, um, just trying not to overdo it, you know, and overtax myself. I'm, I'm getting good exposure. Um, but, um, also listening to my body like today, today was supposed to be a session, but I just didn't feel it. So I'll go tomorrow. Um, but yeah, you know, that's so, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with the training. Um, you know, this week is, is a high volume week, obviously, um, with a 12 mile run yesterday and a 15 mile run today. Um, definitely, you know, getting in some good miles today. Um, I will not have, um, a 30 mile long run this weekend. Um, you know, well, I'm, I'm hoping to get, uh, I'll see what Patrick puts on there, but I'd like to get, you know, just somewhere between 20 and 22 again this weekend. I think that would be a great long run. Um, body's doing really well on the uphills and downhills. Um, I'm able to run, you know, most uphills comfortably on my runs and kind of stay zone two. So I'm in a good spot. I feel like training's coming along. I feel good, um, recovering well. Uh, you know, it's, um, I, I, my paces were slowing down and that's kind of what indicated that, you know, we were doing too much. So, uh, paces are coming back, which is nice to see. I feel really encouraged by that. So. So yeah, that's my training, um, update. Um, and then, uh, my next piece, uh, is, um, I, I, you know, I, I saw, um, I saw someone on Strava post, um, a, uh, um, a title that just used a negative connotation about the run and, um, just wanted to touch on what words we use to describe our training uh, and what words we, um, uh, we use when we're talking about our training, uh, the, you know, every time we use a negative word, it takes kind of a piece of us, right? It kind of diminishes us, um, especially, uh, mentally, you know, we're, we're kind of taking, uh, and diminishing our, our full mental capacity, uh, because we're not using this positive, encouraging, um, vocabulary, so when you're 
you're thinking about your training, you know, this kind of uh, goes into trying to be more grateful and thankful for, for your opportunities. Um, you know, it's anytime my mind starts to go into uh, a, a negative cycle, I start thinking about the fact that I have the opportunity to to run Western States. Now, I know we don't all have the opportunity to run Western States, but, you know, whatever you're training for, like that's, you know, that's something to to be proud of, to be happy about, to look forward to. So, you know, express gratefulness for that opportunity and let that be a positive and let it you know, reflect or change your your mental state. As soon as I start thinking about that or about, you know, the athletes that um, I've been raising funds for, and I'll talk about that here next. Um, but, you know, those things just change my mindset so quickly. So, you know, again, you know, make sure your why is strong and make sure that when you reflect on your why, it has an impact on you. Or once again, like if it doesn't, then it's time to revisit it, you know, try to uh, strengthen it, let it grow, um, you know, let it be more complex. You know, it doesn't have to be complex, but my, you know, I, my why is multifaceted, right? Like, um, yeah, one is I have the opportunity, obviously, to run, run Western states. There's 7,000 something people that tried to get into Western states. Like, that's incredible. Like, and I am one of 300 and whatever, 60 or 70 people that are going to be able to toe the line this year, which is just incredible. So being grateful for that opportunity is a piece of it. You know, the, the other parts of it is just being able to show my kids how do I deal with these, you know, these tough situations when I'm, you know, really being tried, how do I, how do I react? I want them to see and observe and see how their father reacts to these situations when he is challenged. How does he rise to the occasion? Is he positive? Is he negative? Um, how does he interact? You know, like these are all things that I believe will be influential in their life when they think back and think about, well, you know, this is what my dad used to do. Like, this is how he reacted when he was faced with adversity. So, you know, they can apply it to life lessons. And that's huge to me. Um, you know, other aspects is obviously making it into the next phase of the Grand Slam, you know, getting to the Vermont 100, towing the line at Vermont 100. Now, whatever happens at Western States, I will be at Vermont 100. Um, as long as I'm capable of running, <laughs> I will be at Vermont 100. Um, after having raised the money, for the Vermont Adaptive, um, I'm up to $3,455 for the Vermont Adaptive right now. Um, I want to thank Zachary Dean, who just donated. He also donated to the Challenge Athlete Foundation, which um, I'm up to $4,134.68 um, for the Challenge Athlete Foundation for Leadville. So those are huge. Uh, it's not just the athletes that inspire me. It's the fact that people, friends, um, you know, folks that like maybe I haven't spoken to in a long time, they took the, you know, the moment to, to donate to these causes and support not only these athletes but me. So there, it goes much deeper. Uh, so, you know, my, my why has just grown and grown because it's just I see the, the support and love that, you know, everybody has, has shown. It's incredible. I, I feel so good about it. I mean, um, right now, um, between the two foundations, we have raised $7,589.68. That's incredible. 
absolutely incredible. Uh, you know, I'd love to do more. And if you can donate, um, the links are in the show notes. Uh, you can donate to either or both and whatever you donate, it's, 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 it's more than enough. Uh, you know, don't think that a dollar doesn't matter. Whatever you can do, if you can, that's awesome. And I appreciate you and the athletes appreciate you for, for donating. So if you have the capability, please, you know, see the show notes, check out those links and, and donate to one of those causes or both. Thank you again. Um, so, you know, back to what I was saying, um, you know, use your vocabulary in such a manner that the connotation is leaving you with a, a positive, um, you know, uh, a positive imagery, a positive experience. Um, you know, don't let it, don't let it be negative and continue to be negative. It's just going to bring you down. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's uh, when we can be positive and reframe things and make them positive, we grow, we get stronger. We, our capability of dealing with um, negative um, negative events, you know, it's, we, we have less of them. <laughs> we experience less negative events because we're able to stay in a more positive mindset or mind frame. So be careful with the words you choose and how you choose to describe or feel about your running, you know, continue to, to grow in a positive way and that, and your, your running will benefit from that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, the next piece, um, I, I was reading through, um, Mario Frioli's, um, newsletter. Um, and you know, he, uh, cited, um, I'm going to put Mario's, um, newsletter in the, uh, the show notes. It's, it's a great newsletter if you don't subscribe. Um, he does it weekly, um, has some really good stuff in there and really enjoy opening it each week and kind of finding something. But this week I found this article by Joe Yuhan and, um, it's, it's, it's from I run far and I'll, I'll put the article in the show notes and, uh, he brought up some great points here and, um, I have a few takes that, you know, I'd like to spin off of, cause I think there's some really good stuff here that, you know, we can all take away from, but the article, um, from his uh, stay the course, um, um, you know, um, column, we'll say, is advice to my younger self, five lessons from a physiotherapist for a lifetime of sustainable running. So um, his first lesson, he says, form is first, the importance of running stride efficiency. So he goes on to talk about, you know, we can be faster runners, um, if, if we, um, if we focus on our form, um, and he says, uh, he could, he could have avoided a lot of aches and pains had he been more focused on, on form. Um, so, you know, that where, where I would take that it's, it's not all about being faster on the trail. Yeah, that's, that's great, obviously. Um, but if we're, if we're focusing on form, the main thing, the main takeaway that I would get from that is that we can prevent injury, right? Um, running is um, a repetitive behavior. Right? You know, we've, we go left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. We're kind of um, hopping, if you will, from one foot to the other. There's a lot of impact forces. And if we're doing that improperly, it ups our chances for injury. So uh, we have to make sure that our form is, is correct, 
it will, if our form is correct, it will diminish the, uh, the chance of injury. So, you know, thinking about form, yes, that is, is, um, it's vital in order to keep us running, to keep us healthy. Um, it's, you know, it's a piece of that pie of staying injury free. It's not the only thing, obviously there's a million things that go into staying injury free, but it is a huge component. So, um, you know, it's, it's great if you could have a form analysis, um, you know, seek someone that, that really knows what they're talking about, be it a physical therapist, a biomechanist, uh, kinesthesiologist, you know, there's, there's so many people that know, uh, a lot about form and making sure that you're running, especially if you're having a repetitive injury, it would be great to, to seek uh, help to, to know, is it coming or stemming from my form? And if so, what can I do about it? Is there a strength imbalance? Is there, um, a mechanical issue? You know, there's so many things that it could be, but finding this out will hopefully resolve that and break that cycle of being injured. So, you know, um, and along with that, I will say, uh, from my experience is, um, you know, do the PT you're given, do the mobility you're given, not just until you're healthy, well after you're, you're healthy. Like for instance, my ankle, you know, I, I mean, I've had, you know, ankle problems since last fall. Uh, thankfully knock on wood, uh, I have not had ankle issues of late, uh, I've not rolled it on any of the runs that I've been doing. I've been wearing a, you know, an ankle brace, very supportive ankle brace as, you know, kind of just making sure uh, that I don't turn it. But um, I've also been doing the exercises, even though I've not had any problems recently. Uh, my ankle has been strong and, you know, thankfully I continue to do the exercises. But like I said, you know, don't just do them until you're healthy. Keep doing them, like especially, especially if it's a repetitive injury. Or, you know, something that manifests itself over and over again. Um, you know, my right hip gets weak for whatever reason, uh, you know, over time. It's, again, it's a repetitive um, behavior running. So when that right hip, maybe something's not firing, then, you know, I know I have to work on the hip. So I continue to do exercises so that that doesn't happen anymore. It took me a long time to recognize that I need to continue to do those exercises, but I will stress that, you know, continuing to do those is essential so that you stay healthy. Okay. His second point was push iron, the value of resistance training. Now here, um, you know, he talks about, um, just getting strong, um, and, um, like it's, it can be the foundation of running patterns. Um, you know, he talks about the hip hinge. Um, it, so yeah, there's, you know, there is a lot of things like the deadlift that can strengthen. And he says, um, you know, it, it basically strengthens the, the main muscle movers being the glutes, hip flexors, quadriceps, hamstrings, and calves. Um, so it, it provides, you know, a solid foundation for you to run on. You know, it, it, it kind of, um, if you will, it, uh, it helps when you have proper form to help maintain proper form. You are strong enough to have proper form. You're strong enough to, to run, um, which is great. Um, but I will say that, um, you know, sometimes people over-focus on strength training. Um, we wanted to improve our running. That's the goal of strength training. You know, our, our primary focus is running. Um, weightlifting should be a secondary focus, right? We don't want it to, um, to hamper our running by any way. If, if we're 
lifting too often or too heavy in which we're too fatigued, then it's, again, it's going to um, make us have uh, or make us compensate in our, our, uh, our running, which obviously we don't want. That's kind of the opposite of what we want from lifting. So, you know, keep in mind when you're lifting that you're, you're not getting too fatigued um, from what you're doing. You know, be careful with it. We don't want you too tired from, from lifting. So, um, you know, it can be, you know, uh, maybe reducing the amount of, of times you lift in a week. It can be, um, you know, how, um, how many reps you're doing. It could be how heavy you're doing. It could be a combination of any of them. But, you know, be cognizant of that. Uh, it's also good to periodize your strength training, right? You shouldn't be doing like heavy lifting through your whole training cycle. I always start athletes and, and mind you, I am not a strength coach. Let me say that up front, but, um, I start athletes with building a core. We start with core exercises and building a core so that they can get to strengthening exercises and do some lifting and, you know, some heavier lifting sessions like the deadlift and other exercises along that line, some Olympic lifting. And then as we get into the maximum volume phase, we kind of take a step back and maybe do more body weight movements, um, kind of like uh, David Roche's speed legs or mountain legs, or now he has the uh, the ultra legs um, workout. So, um, you know, these are all good resources, but, you know, there's a time and a place for well, like how you lift. And it's always good to make sure that you're lifting properly. That's huge too, because just as his running form can create injury, so can lifting form. So, you know, consult resources. You know, if you have a good gym with uh, some good instructors, you know, make sure you got the, the lifting patterns down. Okay. But um, again, periodizing your training, periodizing your strength training. It shouldn't always be the same thing through the whole training cycle. Okay. Point number three, there's only one bucket, the role of life stress. Um, he goes on to say, we only have one bucket of function. We possess just one total physiological resource from which all of life is drawn, which must be refilled. Okay, so stress is stress. Uh, I've, I've said it before. Many people have said it before. Um, if we include work stress, family stress, um, the, the stress of running, you know, all of these are in the same bucket. We don't have separate buckets for these. They're all in the same. So, you know, the rising cortisol affects us. We have to keep that in mind and adjust based on how high our stress is. If you've got a really stressful week with work um, or a lot of family commitments or a combination and, you know, we have to reduce our training volume because that's just adding more stress into an already stressed environment. So be mindful of how much stress is in your life and adjust your training based on that. Have a conversation with your coach. If you know something's coming or you're in the midst of it and you're like, I just can't right now, you know, if, if I get out for a 20 minute run, that might be all I can do. That may be all you need, you know, instead of doing that hour run and adding more stress and making yourself more fatigued, you know, getting out there and doing 20 minutes might be the best solution. So keep that in mind, you know, and he also talks about sleep and that, you know, that's huge, obviously in dealing with cortisol is getting enough sleep, getting enough rest. Okay. We want to be at our optimal and getting enough sleep is part of that. And the third piece of that is nutrition. 
having a you know well balanced diet, whatever that means to you, you know whatever uh, whatever <laughs> whatever patterns you follow in your your uh, your eating habits. Um, but making sure that you are staying on top of your nutrition, not just eating junk all the time. You know, I'll, I'll share this with you. My, my wife, um, she, <laughs> um, she wants to make sure that, you know, I'm at my optimal, um, for, uh, for Western States. And, uh, you know, we tried a number of things to kind of get the weight where we, we want it. You know, she's, again, my wife is a physician. Uh, she is a family doctor. So, um, she knows I'm optimal at a certain weight and I am not there. So we've been trying different, you know, strategies to see if I can, you know, knock the weight off without having to go back to the, the low carb, <laughs> um, that I did for Bigfoot. And unfortunately I have not been able to, I've been unsuccessful with, you know, cutting sweets and doing all sorts of things. It's just, you know, for whatever reason, you know, my body just, you know, it likes carbs. <laughs> I like carbs. So, um, you know, we've gone back, you know, and this was, this was her that said, you know, you should, you should go back on the, the low carb. It, it works well for you. So, um, I've gone back onto the low carb diet. Um, and you know, we're, we're working on that, trying to, to just get some of the, the stuff off my midsection. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a conversation, you know, that, um, it's, it's, it's tricky, right? It's, uh, it's really tough to, to, do, you know, cause most folks would look at me and be like, you know, you're skinny. There's nothing wrong with you. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I am, um, skinnier than most, but I'm not at my optimal, um, when, uh, you know, when I'm carrying around these extra pounds, it's just much tougher to, to get up and down the mountains, um, and run my normal paces, um, I recognize that, but you know, I, I, I sacrificed that in training just because, you know, I'm okay with, with where I was at, you know, um, in the way I was training, but, you know, obviously I want to have my best shot at Western States. And, you know, that, that means that I should kind of lose some of this, uh, extra weight that's around my midsection. <laughs> so I'm working on that. All right, moving on. Let's see where we're at. All right. Um, number four, we're on number four already. Just because you can, doesn't mean you should the importance of training and racing discipline for success and longevity. So here, uh, he says, we have a finite number of opportunities to touch the edge. And, um, I'm trying to remember, I was just listening to, um, a podcast and they went in depth about uh, overtraining syndrome, and I'm gonna try to. I'll look it up and I'll put that in the show notes if you're interested in it. Um, it was a great interview, um, overtraining syndrome. So I'll just make a note that I'll put that in there. They talk about the endocrine, the endocrine system, uh, and you know how our hormones need to recover after big efforts. How much stress we put on the endocrine system. Um, you know, that's, that's where like we start to get to that overtraining syndrome, but you know, if, if we're not taking the recovery and we're just, you know, adding too much onto the endocrine system, that's where overtraining syndrome comes in. So if we're racing too often, you know, going to the well too often, working out too often, that's where this can come into play. And, um, the, um, the guest, she goes in depth about like how you 
how you feel and, you know, what to, what are warning signs, what are warning signs that you're heading in that direction, all that stuff. So again, I'll find that podcast and post it in there, but that's what he's talking about in this section is, you know, not overdoing it, not only in your races, like how often you race and how much you're racing when you do race. It's also, it's also how much you're training. Um, you know, are you overtraining? How is the body, um, responding to training? So, you know, be cognizant of all that, um, plan out your season, talk to some good resources, ask questions, make sure you're not doing too much. All right. And then finally, let's see, where is, uh, number five. Um, oh, um, hmm. the title for number five didn't print. So my apologies. (laughs) Um, but that said, uh, he talks about, um, like your relationship with running. Are you using running in a healthy manner? Um, and, and what he means by that is, you know, is it replacing another addiction? Is it, becoming an addiction, um, something that, you know, you can't live without, you have to have a healthy relationship with running. I know we're all grumpy when we can't run, but you know, if it gets to the point where you're obsessed that you're not running, then it's perhaps becoming an unhealthy habit. So be uh, cognizant of what your relationship with running is. And, um, you know, are you doing it for the right reasons? Are you enjoying it? That's a huge part of it, right? So, you know, think about that as well. Um, you know, it's, it's, we oftentimes tie our identity to, to running. I'm a runner, right? Um, and that's, that's okay. Like I, I, I myself say I'm a runner, but that's not all I am, right? I'm a dad, I'm a coach, um, I'm a friend, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a husband. Like I'm, I, I might have so many other roles other than just being a runner, if we solely tie ourselves to our identity as being a runner, then yes, it's perhaps an unhealthy habit. So be cognizant of that. Um, you know, try to understand that, you know, you do have other roles in life and those have, um, obviously, uh, a, a huge importance, um, because, you know, we don't want to tie our self-worth to solely running and our performance. If something doesn't go right, it doesn't mean you're any, less of a person or any worse of a person. Um, you know, things happen and we have to recognize that and, and move forward so that we can, you know, keep trying, um, seek other opportunities in order to better ourselves and those around us. So, um, that was Joe Yuhan's article. Um, it was, um, kind of one of those ones that just popped in my inbox and I was just like, Oh, this is kind of, um, you know, timely. So I'm, I'm glad that, I was able to to put that in. Um, lastly, uh, coaching, uh, man, I, you know, there's certain times where, um, folks just seem to come out of the woodwork. And this is one of those times where, um, uh, you know, I didn't anticipate having so many people wanting to, to come on board for June 1st, uh, which is wonderful. But that also means that I'm kind of full at the moment. I don't mean to say kind of full. I am full <laughs> at the moment. Um, I am so grateful uh, and honored to uh, to coach this many people 
um, you know, when I tell people how many people I coach, they're just taken aback. Um, but again, this is what I do for a living. This is my nine to five, right? Um, and sometimes it's 4.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. <laughs> um, or later. Uh, you know, it's, I love coaching. I love, you know, my role and being a part of others and their running. Um, oftentimes I, I, I said to my athletic director and my principal at the high school I coach at, oftentimes we're thanked as coaches, but, um, you know, I thanked my athletes for allowing me to be a part of their, um, running careers. I thanked my administration for, you know, them giving me this opportunity to, to coach these kids because I grow as a person, not only as a coach, but, you know, I learn from everyone around me. Uh, be it the kids that I coach, the other coaches I coach with, um, you know, just the situations, the admin, you know, I ask them questions. I present them with, with things that happened and how should I deal with this? Uh, you know, um, so it's, it's really coaching has really given me so much and I'm grateful for that. I am grateful for all the athletes that I have and coach, um, and, you know, I, I really, I can't thank everybody enough for, for reaching out, um, you know, to, for coaching. Um, I appreciate that people, um, like my philosophy, um, and enjoy my coaching. And again, it's not for everybody, but you know, I'm, I'm grateful for those that I have. So, um, thank you to all of you that have reached out. Um, I want to, uh, to also, um, say thank you to, um, Mr. Early, Mr. Early just jumped on board, not only as a um, as an athlete to be coached, but um, at the Patreon level. So I want to thank you, sir, uh, for for coming on board, and uh, not only as a Patreon supporter, but um, as an athlete. And so um, I will be full for a little while here. Uh, we'll we'll kind of see as the summer goes on. Um, you know, if if, uh, if if we have any uh, spots open up. But uh, with the Grand Slam upon us, you know, I'm, I'm recording this, and I think we have four weeks to Western States. Um, you know, it's, it's, I really want to focus on the athletes that I do have as well as on the Grand Slam events. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately going to have to say no at the moment, but, you know, that, that doesn't mean at a future time there won't be spots that open up. So thank you once again. Um, so, you know, again, thank you to Mr. Early. Thank you to all my Patreon supporters for supporting this podcast and keeping this going. Um, I, I hope you found something in this, uh, this podcast that helped you or, you know, started you thinking about something at least. Um, and perhaps, you know, if you want to have a conversation sometime, um, you know, send me an email and we, we can talk, happy to talk about things. Um, you know, I, I really do want to help. So, um, thank you all for listening to the MR running page podcast. Um, again, my name is Aaron Saft and I'm so honored to be able to continue to do this and that you took the time to listen. So thank you, my friends. And until next time, keep running.